plate, I'ma swing for the fence Throw me the lob, I'ma dunk it like Vince They think I'm from sack with the way that I'm ballin' I feel like a king, but I'm fresher than Prince Baltimore raised and fly like a raven Made it through mazes, that shit amazing Vision so clear, they thought I got lacing Cradle to grave, we poundin' that pavement Made up my mind, told them pass me the rock with the game on the line I'm taking a shot, shit all of my life had to play from behind And now they just watch, like is he gon' stop? I tell them I can't They think it's a game, they take me for joke, I just laugh to the bank Hey everybody, welcome back to your weekly AEW Dynamite post show and recap. And of course, we can't have an AEW conversation without one of the most talented people in all of pro wrestling fandom and music as well. I want everybody to welcome in our co-host for AEW Weekly Recap, Mr. Eloquent. Brother Eloquent, what's going on, man? Hey, good, good, brother. How you? How you holding up? So, 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 man, just so excited to talk about just great pro wrestling we had today um, at the LA Kia Forum in Hollywood, and um, quite a bit to talk about. So, no doubt, the best person to come to mind was yourself, and they'll get used to hearing our voices together as we continue to create wonderful content. So, let's hop and dig right on in. Um, First things first, what a wonderful way to start the show. Very hot. We had Mox and Hangman Page. We know a rivalry that's hen- that has been brewing for several weeks. And we all know Hangman Page being knocked out several weeks ago. And the story of, is he ready? Will he be ready to go? And it was a perfect way to start. A couple things I want to bring out, and then I'm going to hand it over to you, good sir. I'm so happy that they got the new graphics for the apron and also for the barricades. That to me personally was a very important. Um, But before I get into the match, I'm going to hand this over. Yeah. The the barricade, especially. Yeah. 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 They made a big deal. I'm glad they they brought it to our attention and they made it a big deal to talk about it. So uh, I'm going to hand this over to you, Mr. Eloquent. What did you like about, um, this week's AEW in the LA Kia form. Um, you can start with whatever you want, but um, I just go with Mox and Page. Any any special things that stood out to you? Um, I mean, it, it was another great match. I mean, I, I knew those guys were going to put on um, were going to put on a good one. Um, I just knew, I knew they were going to, you know, Mox is going to like lariat his head off, and I knew they were going to to like do that spot and you know sort of see. I guess try to get people to sort of believe. Oh shit! Oh shit! He he, he nailed him again. What, what what does it mean? But but he but he got up. He got up. Um, interestingly, um, I mean this was a this was a really big win for Paige. I mean, since AEW has started, um, I think Hangman Punk. Um, there might be one other that I'm just not thinking of. But like as far as clean defeats, like Mox doesn't take very much of them. Yeah. There are very many of them. Um, so that so that that is a big deal. Um, I guess moving forward and in after the match, it looked like they, they teased a, a concussion spot on Mox, which when I saw it, the first thing I thought of was, well, before the whole, you know, 
punk brawl out situation and so forth. Like the word around the campfire is that he was set to, to take a break for like a month and a half, two months, something like that. So I think this, I think this concussion, so to speak, is um, I think it's a mechanism to finally give him that break that he was, I guess, supposed to have like six months ago. So and you know that might not be a bad thing, you know. Uh, as much as I love Mox, you know, sort of get him away from TV for a little bit, you know, kind of miss him a little bit. And, you know, he gets some time because, I mean, he's been putting the company on his back. He gets some time to, to rest, go on vacation, do whatever he, do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, great points, Eloquent. I'm going to piggyback off of what you're talking about as well. No doubt Mox has really taken that that, that uh, mantle of being a, a, a top guy, a top card guy, and really being the, the flag bearer for AEW very seriously, as we've seen. A couple of things I want to bring out in the match that really <laughs> stood out to me. First of all, it looks like John Moxley has a kink because he likes to bite and scratch people. I'm not sure what him and Renee do behind closed doors. <laughs> But that might be a kink. <laughs> He's done it several matches so far. Um, a lot of other things, like you talked about, the Lariat was a great story to be told throughout the match. Mox getting the atomic headbutts too, um, which kind of like you talked about later in the match, where we talk, we talk about that concussion, quote unquote, um, and also the head slaps that they were giving each other. I didn't like the slap fight to be honest, um, a little bit too much, but. Uh, Okay, but overall, like you said, it was great to see, you know, Paige needed this win more than Mox did. And Mox has really been putting um, that, you know, been putting the, 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 you know, the company on his back and he really needs some time to go. And that's going to transition us into news right after that. But yeah, um, fantastic match. The two gentlemen did what exactly they were supposed to do. And uh, hopefully um, this gives Mox the opportunity to transition to some rest and relaxation. But this is perfect because you talked about how Mox going away for a, a bit is not necessarily a big deal because we have Adam Cole, Bay Bay, is back. I'm going to hand this over to you in one second. Um, you know, we've all wondered when will Adam Cole be back? Um, I got emotional, dude. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say Adam Cole traditionally doesn't strike me as a wrestler that I'm truly invested in. Personally, I don't as certain characteristics and personalities like Mox. I like his his um, anarchist type of um, vigilanteism that he has. It just Mox seems right. like he's a badass. I, I I resonate with that. Adam Cole is, is kind of like a lot of people in the in IWC love. You know those short wrestling, those short rock and roll type white dudes. Um, and I don't always resonate with those characters, but in this situation, Adam Cole getting emotional about the hell, literally the hell that he's been going through physically with the headaches and the shoulder and the migraines and really taking us through walking us down the road of what he's going through, putting us in his seat and how he feels. And, and when he said he woke up one night where he just didn't know what is wrong with him. And I felt that we've all had health scares, uh, whether it's something small or big and we're like, will it ever go away? And that really resonated with me uh, emotionally. And I was like, wow, this dude is a promo. He understands he's a star. I'm so happy that Adam Cole is back and I truly hope that he's fully healed up and ready to go. And this really touched me in a, in a deep way. And I wanted to get your perspective. I'm just so happy to have Adam Cole back. He adds so much to AEW as a whole. What were your thoughts here? Eloquent. Um, I mean, I was getting to the point where I was really, really starting to get concerned because I mean, you know, like 
like Hangman, for instance, he got his concussion, um, whatever it was. But he, he basically came back to TV like a month, month and a half later. Like he didn't miss like a crazy amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know all concussions aren't made equal. Um, so you know some some of them, you know, a player comes back to to the, the NFL field in a week, and then there's some people that just derails them for like half the season. You know, you, you never know. I mean, I knew about I knew he had some soul, some, some shoulder issues too. And I, I mean, I knew he had the one concussion at Forbidden Door, but I didn't I actually didn't know that he had another one. Um, but yeah, but you you nailed it though. I mean, all of us. I mean, I definitely know that feeling where you have a health scare or just something's wrong, and it just doesn't feel like it's going away or getting better. I mean, I've like I can point to times in my life where I'm you know I'm just driving to my parents' house and. You know, whatever is going on with me health health wise is like, you know, it's been going on for a while, and I'm just driving over there and like, like getting emotional and like teary eyed, like, yeah. like and the anxiety that life. builds yeah. up, like you you literally are up at night, like, will this yeah. ever go away? Like when he said that part, I was like, wow, I've been yeah. there, bro. That that was the part that got me. You know, like waking up and Britt has to sort of chase after him, like, babe, hey, what what what. what like, are you okay? And, you know, him, I guess, not really having an answer, you know, like that's, I mean, anybody, anyone who's ever had a concussion or had a, you know, surgery or just something that, that's like, just a, a, that's just tough or a challenge to, to get through. Like there's people who get COVID and, you know, there's the one person who recovers in three or four days, there's some people with COVID who just seemingly have symptoms for like a month. Hell, there's some people who just don't make it through at all. So, but when you're sort of going through it, you know, your, your mind can really take you to some of those dark places. So no, like that, like that part of his promo really, really hit home. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy he's back. Um, not that the show itself, like, you know, plummeted or, or was a, you know, a chore to, to get through without him, but you know, he, he's one of the best like wrestler wrestlers that they got. He's definitely one of the best promos that they got. He's just one of the best personalities that they got. Yeah. And, 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 and we'll touch, we'll touch on it more, especially once we get to the women's match. Um, and the, uh, you know, a certain, a certain lady who I think a lot of us were hoping and expecting to be there <laughs> who wasn't, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, him showing up kind of off, offset that disappointment a little bit in my eyes. Definitely. Definitely. Let's hop over to Lee Moriarty and Big Bill versus Hook and Jungle Boy. Jungle Hook. A uh, couple things I wanted to say here. This, I'm just so happy that Tony is aware of the chemistry these guys have together. Seems like a, an unconventional friendship. They're both two different dudes. Jungle Boy, a West Coaster uh, father, who you know, late great J- Jack Perry. Um, uh, um, just you know, late his father's Jack Perry, right? I think it was Jack Perry. Uh, Jack yeah. Perry, and then the father was no. Yeah, let me oh, make sure God, I get it right. I remember. 
Luke Perry. That's what it was. Luke, yeah, yeah, Jake Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry, uh, a great star, and no doubt lost him at a young, at a relatively young age. You know, we lost him a couple years ago. Yep. So Luke Perry. Um, but anyway, getting back to this, uh, great to see these two young men who have such a great uh, ceiling. Hook and Jungle Boy getting together. Uh, you know, I was going to say the boy meets. The boy meets world meet uh the boy meets world bruisers. I wanted to call them the um the, the <laughs> handsome devils, aka the boy meets world bruisers, because these guys are no doubt they're handsome cool, guys. Man. They're young, <laughs> handsome guys, young guys. They got the world in front of them, and it's an unconventional tag team. It was so dope, and the big bill throw uh, that uh, Hook did, and and he threw him damn near. You know, halfway through the ring, or halfway across the ring, and we know that Big Bill, no doubt, is an imposing, huge man, grown ass man. He's what I wish my puberty would be. Um, <laughs> um, but that—that's—I think that throw that Hook did with uh, Big Bill will be uh, a highlight for AEW history it will be one of the most watched most viewed and when we go back 10 years from now and we look at aew hopefully it's still here we'll see that moment as one of the biggest moments that hook had in his career as he ascends to the top of the card over the next couple of years he has plenty of time at this point so i want to hand this over to you eloquent what were your thoughts i love to see lee moriarty back um i want to see him get more character representation in terms of who really what's his motivations really give me a reason to care about him because I like him as a person and I like him as a wrestler but I want to be more invested in him that's the only thing I see here but great match for what it was and uh, very intriguing your thoughts yeah I echo a lot of the same I I loved in particular like after um, after uh, Marcy or Big Bill excuse me uh, took, like, took that throw um I love the way that he just sort of sold it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't in like crazy pain or whatever, but he was just looking around in shock. Like, I can't believe this, this <laughs> little, little MFR yeah, actually, exactly. actually has the, the, the audacity to, to not just throw me, but to like, you know, not be scared of me the way that everyone is scared of me. And, you know, the crowd started going nuts and he's kind of just like looking around like, like, like he didn't know what to do with himself. Just like little, little, little character things like that really, um, really just kind of puts over Hook um, and sort of just the potential that he has. Um, I, and I agree, it was great to see um, uh, Lee Moriarty on TV again. I mean, he's really, he's really good in the ring, and seeing, and obviously the reason they put him with, um, with Stokely Hathaway. Um, so, you know, all of these guys, you know, can sort of have a, have a mouthpiece. Um, but you know, having a, a really good manager doesn't necessarily mean that you can sort of skate on not really having any distinguishable kind of like character traits or anything. Yeah. So like, um, so we, I know that he can wrestle. I'd like to see him, you know, get some get a, a couple like big, big wins. Um, cause I couldn't tell you the last like credible person that, that he beat. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it's a process, so yeah. I'm not really sweating that, but yeah, I, I need, I also need a reason to, to really invest in him as a character more. Definitely. I mean, it's like, I, I root for him cause you know, it's, you know, it's wrestling, wrestling while black, you know, we always root for, always root for the brothers, but yeah, you know, in terms of an actual character and story, like I need a little bit more there. Great points, Eloquent. That's 
Excellent point. I want to hop over to actually my favorite match of the night. I, I really want to give this an opportunity to stew a little bit. Kanashke Takeshita. What a match versus Brian Danielson. I'm going to hand this over to you here shortly, Eloquent. But I really want to go down a couple line items here. Um, I've always been a fan of Kanoshke Takeshita. And, you know, there's always this debate in the in the IWC where they're like, oh, you know, they always bring these nondescript people from and we act like we're supposed to care. But no, there's something about Kanoshke uh, Takeshita that really leaps off the page. No doubt he's six foot tall. He's a he's a he's um k-pop handsome j-pop handsome right uh he has the 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 the, the uh agile uh moves the dude is just he's a he's a really has so many different tools that, that the marketability the marketability that he has because i come from a marketing background and i look at him and it's like who could be an international star uh at aew and the person that comes really to my mind is Kanoshke Takeshita. And this match highlights just, it's so great to see. Brian Daniels was very uh, giving in this match. He gave uh, Takeshita so many different things in this match. He put him over in a big way, even though uh, Takeshita lost uh, via submission or, or, or KO, basically. Um, it was so interesting also. MJF, this was an interesting curveball um, AEW uh, used with MJF interrupting. At first, I thought, Maybe we won't get a match. Maybe we won't get the opportunity. And I was kind of disappointed at first that I wasn't going to get my Take- my Takeshita fix versus Brian Daniels. I really needed it because I knew these two guys were going to work and, and really put on a banger. But anyway, MJF, uh, I didn't, a couple things about the uh, promo. And again, I'm going to, I know I'm long-winded, but I'm going to give you this, the mic over here in a second. Uh, MJF saying we speak American. We know MJF is a sophisticated Long Islander. Okay. And um, I didn't like that. I didn't this week, America, I think, I guess it was a low level. It was very whack. I think that could have been more creative, more, uh, especially being where he's from and how uh, brilliant he is. Thought that could have been better. I appreciated the Dr. Ken dig, though, going after Dr. Ken about the failed show, going after the much beloved <laughs> Freddie, the Freddie Prince Jr., going after him, uh, who's very much loved in, in the pro wrestling world as well. Um, I think. Another thing was really funny. MJF running up the ramp at full speed in a suit uh, was hilarious. His 40 speed. We need to clock that and see where he's at. I think the New York Jets could use him. Maybe even the the Las Vegas Raiders uh, after losing to Kansas City (laughs) the way that they did. But anyway... Getting back to Takeshita, I um, you know how there's a famous uh, scene on... the Saturday Night Live where there's like more cowbell Chris uh, his, uh, there was a, he's like more cowbell right. we need more cow more bell for cow you know just more the, the only remedy is more so Christopher Walken is more cowbell I was like there's the only remedy for this is more Takeshita I'm obsessed with Takeshita okay he's an international star I love the fact we like you can kiss my ass and like his 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 Japanese accent it was just amazing. We need to make a shirt for Takeshita with an, an anime design with with a saying "Kiss my ass." <laughs> I will buy that shirt because. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say like I um, I mean I haven't uh, I haven't been on pro wrestling tees or like copped any like wrestling merch or t shirts or anything in, in a while. Yeah. And, but he's, he's, he's a guy that I, I definitely would, would buy a t-shirt for. Definitely. But he, I, I also like that he, uh, I liked how he sort of like cussed him out in his own language, um, yeah. In Japanese first. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll wait. Can yeah, definitely. So we, so we, so we got to get the Kestrin anime shirt that says "Kiss My Ass" in in Japanese, okay? And um, yeah, I just think this dude is is a star. He, he has the he has the he has the makings of an international star. He, I actually think he could really, if he gets an opportunity to get in that all Atlantic. Uh, portion of the show I think he could be a great All-Atlantic champion Because not only does he have The ability to speak Two different languages Not only does he have The international looks Not only does he work Like a Like, like a Like a five-star player The dude has it all And given this opportunity With Daniel Bryan Was a perfect way For Tony to give him That opportunity So I'm going to hand this over to you I'm sorry for my Takeshita uh, fandom I'm a fanboy um, But uh, it, 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 it's what, Yeah What are your thoughts here Eloquent so the first ever um, AEW show I ever went to, or really the first wrestling show period I went to, um, I saw, I went to Dynamite when they were in Rochester. And one of the matches that well, we didn't know until we got there, and then obviously they, they do Rampage after, I got to see Takeshita um, versus um, Eddie Kingston. Kind of like a, a throwaway match for, um, for Rampage. But just judging by how white hot that crowd was um, for, for that match um, and for like those two guys in, in particular, because like there's other, there's other things on the show, um, especially in like, like during rampage, which, you know, like the, the work bell to bell was good, but the crowd was lukewarm or they were kind of hot for it. But, but that particular segment, and I'm trying to remember what else happened on that show, but that was probably one of the top two, like the hottest crowd things. Like people love that dude Takeshita, and like he's so good in the ring. And and I like that you brought up how you know sort of people sort of have this this thing, especially when Japanese or like Mexican or, or like non-American or rather non-English people, you know, get get chances on the show where there's just pigeonholed as, oh, okay, this, this guy can work, but he has no personality. And it's, and it's a very like low key racist thing where yeah. it's like, no, like they do have personality. You're, you just don't want to accept that, that, you know, they have charisma in ways outside of speaking English or cutting a, a CM Punk or an MJF caliber promo, you know? Um, and speaking of which, um, I, I definitely echo all the same thoughts. The, you know, MJF going on, you know, you need to speak American. Um, like that was probably the one thing on the show that I genuinely hated. And it's like, I understand why they did it. And I understood that it kind of set up the whole, you know, the whole thing of, I guess the reveal that, that, uh, Takeshita can can speak uh, a little English, yeah, and you know, and the crowd pops huge for it. So, in in a way, it served its purpose. But you know, and I, I don't know if that was MJF's idea or someone pitched for him to say it. I'm pretty sure it's just MJF. But you know, like that that type of dig is just so beneath him. And you know, and someone listening to this will probably be like, "Eloquence is a snowflake," but just no, it, it's just he could be more clever than that. MJF is a maestro with the mic. It's way more clever than that. Such a maestro. He's such a maestro, and he can, um, and he can sort he, he can insult you in so many interesting and clever ways. And you know, I I hate I hate have 
it's, you know, we have to sort of go back to like 1980, low hanging fruit, <laughs> basic, like 80s level, even 90s level, like just racist digs. Yeah. Um, it was suggested when I was looking on my, my Twitter feed that somebody, um, that apparently that's something that, uh, you know, Disco Inferno or Cornette or one of those clowns, um, said about him and it might've just been like a, a little joke, like a, a light dig. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's coincidental either way. Um, I, I, I don't really dig that. And hopefully, you know, they, I mean, I don't know how other people feel about it, but hopefully they, the next time, you know, he has a face off with uh, a non native English speaker that, that he doesn't go that route. Cause yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's just whack to me. Yeah. He's way more sophisticated now, with language than that. Mm hmm. For sure, for sure. As far as the match itself, yeah, the match is great. They gave him plenty of time. I mean, the feed I was watching was uh, was actually the fight feed, so um, so I actually got to skip out on all the picture and picture. And, oh, you lucky bum! <laughs> yeah, it, they were chopping it, it, the it shit good. out of each other. Oof. It was yeah, so loud. Actually, well, there's a bit during, I guess, the picture and picture commercial break where I mean, they're really going at it <laughs> and it looked and it looked like it looked like Danielson like legitimately like you know because they, they chop back and forth and it looked and it looked like it like one of those chops sort of stunned them yeah. I don't know how it came across in, like in the, the arena but it definitely it definitely sounded on my monitors that um, <laughs> Keshto was definitely hitting them with, with the harder of the two strikes he was laying it in bro um, yeah, they 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 were working stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but like you said, he gave them plenty of offense. They sold they sold the they sold us a couple of tickets and a couple of those near falls really really sold me. Um, like this is you know this is classic Danielson. Like he made he made Takeshito look like a million bucks. Yes, even he did. He probably didn't even need to. Yeah, but he made him look great. And he made them look like, like, man, like if they wrestled three more times, um, you know, to catch the people to take them a couple, you know, yeah. So all, all in all, yeah, I agree. That was definitely an action night for me. Yeah, I, I need to catch the with that All Atlantic title within the next six months. I really do. Uh, um, you know, people love Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I, which is I, I would even go further. I, I, I would love to see him. I'd love to see him with TNT title. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he, he's like, an international. He just can be an international star. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's something about him just with the, the TV title where, you know, uh, you know, they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if any of the, the TNT or the TBS champs, you know, get any extra representation on the respective networks for being champion or if it's just like, oh, no, it's just a wrestling thing. But yeah, I don't know. It, but, but yeah, like I said, either way, I, I want him with some some type of singles gold. I could totally see him unseating Orange Cassidy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it would even be cool if he, you know, maybe he went back to Japan for, mm-hmm. you know, for and, and let him run, let him run some matches in DDT or exactly. Uh, uh, I don't know if what in Japan, but but either way, just him wrestling on my TV in any capacity. More of that, please. 
Yeah, yeah. Take my money. I literally would pay money to see Takeshita in person. And no doubt, we, we look forward to seeing the ascension of Takeshita. And if this is any indi- indication and Tony sees that, the audience response to him, his charisma, his power, his strength, his flex, his, his, his agility. The dude is a star. So mark our words on the WWB Sports Podcast. We talked about how Takeshita will eventually have gold around that waist. And that gentleman was going places. So Let's hop over down to um, a match that um, I wasn't fully emotionally uh, um, attached to, but, um, you know, a lot of people were expecting to be, uh, you know, the, the, the internet, the, the highways of the internet was expecting to see um, Monet, but we did not see her. We had Soraya and Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Haytar. Um Co-match, solid match. I don't have much to say about that. Anything for you specifically? Um, so as far as the match, as far as the match itself, um, I mean, the AEW women's division has sort of had a, they've been on the streak of like bangers. Like they've had a lot of really good matches between pay-per-view and dynamite, even, even rampage. There's been some, some really good ones. Um, it was a good match. It was good. Not great. Um, probably not a match that I'd ever go out of my way to, to rewatch again. Um, so here's the thing it's if not for sort of the, the the cloud that was hanging over this match where you know you know is Sasha is Mercedes she gonna run in um, is Tony gonna get the Nancy Kerrigan treatment before the match and then you know like we're all sort of watching and trying to kind of waiting for that thing that was supposed to happen. Now, I think, I have a theory. I think that Tony announced this match with the mystery partner, um, you know, like, like literally a month ago. Um, I think that he really thought that he could get Mercedes. Um, and then maybe two weeks out, they realized that, you know, the logistics weren't there, or maybe the negotiations weren't going according to something happened. So I think, I think that's when, you know, they sort of inserted, um, Tony, like about two weeks or a week and a half, two weeks out. And they kind of started this little thing with, um, with Sheeta, which to be honest, I'm actually very, very excited. About. Oh, I love Sheeta. She's one of my favorite people, period. Sheeta. She is literally out of all of the women outside of Jamie Hader. She's like she's next up there. She's she's I mean, she's impeccable. Kind of one, one. <laughs> oh, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. So you know, get get her and Tony in, into like a real feud. Mm-hmm. I'm totally good. I'm good with that. Yeah, because like one of the biggest problems the women's division had, in my opinion, was for the longest time, especially when Britt had the title, it was kind of you know, like there was usually only one feud happening at once. It was just Brit and whoever she was beefing was. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, any other match was always just a cold match just to have it. Now they're actually trying to run multiple stories concurrently, which is one of the, the biggest issues I always had with the women's division, but to their credits, they're, they're getting a little better with it. Yeah. So I think that, Tony definitely could have done a better job as far as 
you know, sort of setting expectations. I mean, I guess he tried. Yeah. Because, you know, but you know how the internet goes, it goes high and they're like, oh, you know, Monet's available and everyone's, it kind of, it just kind of took a life of its own, you know? Right. And and the second that, especially right after Wrestle Kingdom and the reveal there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I think they they tried, you know, they, they announced the partner and, you know, they didn't tease, they didn't continue to tease her coming in or anything like that. So, but at that point, you know, the, the internet had already sort of run with it. So I imagine if I go through my Twitter feed, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, sad and whatever. And who knows? There's still a chance that. Yeah, I think Revolution would be better to do that. Yeah. But I guess, you know, they would have just been better off um, just. Announcing announcing the match as is, um, or announcing the match and then having the Shida Tony dissension um, like, like immediately, um, so that there isn't that they basically let it sit for like two two and a half weeks where we all thought for sure she was going to be there, mm-hmm. and you know it is what it is. Now again, the match itself and you know the. Uh, the I don't know if it's considered a, a turn or a betrayal or whatever with Sheeta. I mean, all of that stuff was was fine, and then I'll be I'll be interested to see where it goes. Um, so in a vacuum, it was cool, but I I'd be lying if I said I was I wasn't at least a little disappointed that uh, that Mercedes didn't pull up. Definitely, definitely. Let's hop over to the Jericho Appreciation Society. We had, you know. Um, we had our boy, Ricky Starks. We also had, um, you know, come back as action. Uh, yeah, action. Uh, action Andretti come back as well, which is great. Um, loved. I just love to see that they're consistently bringing this young man out. They actually see something in him. He did a great, a, a way better promo than he than than um, I expected. Way better. His charisma came across a little bit more. Didn't necessarily know how why the audience was behaving so bipolarly. It was interesting to see that too on certain areas. I'm like, huh? Are they with Ricky? Are they not? Or whatever. Um, but I really want to isolate something that really was very painful to watch. It was Jake Hager trying to do a promo. Um, it was like having a hangnail, and that same finger that you had a hangnail, it was like getting a paper cut. And then you got a paper cut, and then you jammed your finger into a door. And then not only did you jam that finger into a door, you took your finger and you put it on a hot stove uh, and you forgot that you were cooking. So um, that's how painful it was to see the promo that Jake Hager shot. And um, we know he's not a promo here. Um, and, and, And just the stark difference between Ricky Stark's charisma capability on the mic versus him. Um, Jake Hager, honestly, in my opinion, uh, I, I, I thought when he came in, there was some, maybe even championship elevation that was possible. But at this point, from what I've seen and the way he's been presented and what I, what I've just observed over the last couple of years, maybe this is his ceiling uh, as a performer. And maybe this is good for him where he needs to be. Um, but I was expecting when he first got purchased, you know, cause he is a former W, isn't he a former, he's a former WWE champion. Um, so I was like, maybe he's big and posing. He's got a collegiate background. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there needs to be a repackaging of him after this loss to Ricky Starks, which I sorely pretty much feel that it, he'll take. Um, I think there needs to be repackaging. Maybe 
uh, change some colors, really make him a little bit more serious and get him out of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Maybe there, there's some story there where he does turn on the JAS and he just, uh, him and Jericho in the future. So there may be a story there, but it was difficult to watch his promo <laughs> versus Ricky. So I'll say this, this segment wasn't the best and uh, I wanted to move on from it. So any thoughts on this? Well, so the thing with, thing with Jake Hager is that, yeah, like you said, he's he's a physical specimen. You know, he's got like legit MMA um, credibility behind him. Um, but his ceiling is exactly what he's doing right now. Like he's he, he's a heater. I mean, maybe there's a you know I can see a scenario where I don't know maybe maybe he gets a short run with like the All Atlantic or or maybe one of the ROH belts, maybe. Yeah. But you know, like, is he, is he going to, is he going to be at the top of the card? No. Um, is he even like TNT title worthy? No. Mm-hmm. Um, or if that, if that ever happens, I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's going to be among one of the worst reigns of all time. <laughs> so, but it's like, uh-huh. see, as goofy as it is, I do kind of dig the whole, you know, his weird obsession with that hat. Yes, it is interesting. Um, I do get a little bit of, I do get a chuckle out of it, but, you know, but up until now, his whole thing has just been him randomly screaming out, I like this hat, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But then when you ask him to, to actually sell a match or, or talk for longer than eight seconds, you know, you, you kind of see the, the foundations slip away. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I never have a problem when for people who usually never get any, any mic time to, to try every once in a while. But at this point, like, look, he was an awful promo when he was in WWE. He was an awful promo when he was in the inner circle. He's still an awful promo now. Like just promos are interesting and the absolute worst thing, the worst thing Tony Khan could do would be to split him from Jericho. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as he's in AEW and as long as Chris is in AEW, they, they need, they need to be together because at least Chris can, can, well, I mean, he's a, like one of the greatest promos of all time, he can he can do that heavy lifting, and uh, and you know Hager can just be big and, and and a good heater. Yeah. So so yeah, the the promo, the whole promo itself, kind of. I mean, it's always a treat to listen to Ricky. Um, I like the kid, Max and Andretti. Yeah. Um, I'm actually really, really, really hyped for that. Um, for that. Uh, Ty J um, street fights that I think they're doing next week, or maybe or maybe they're doing it on Rapage. Mm-hmm. But that, that that should be a fun match. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was cool for what it was. Yeah, prom, like the, the promo as a whole didn't really advance anything. Or yeah. I mean, a couple matches were announced, but they were announced even before the show started anyway. Yeah, which didn't make sense because um, then he challenged them. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. 
And I don't know. I think he, he almost caught himself right away. And like Excalibur had to get on. Like, yeah, they spoke uh, earlier today. It's already confirmed. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think I don't know. Like maybe Ricky kind of messed that messed that up or forgot. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it wasn't too too long. I just I just didn't think that it really needed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hop over to the, uh, we had the, the best of seven series that we kind of all knew where it was going to go. The elite versus, you know, uh, death triangle. Uh, I know you love these type of matches. It was a good match. It was what it was. It had some great spots. It was definitely some great action. I love the spot where, um, where, uh, Kenny Omega did his, uh, did some business. Uh, he did the basically Falcon arrow. Um, off the top, uh, off the uh, the uh, ladder. So that was cool. So it was oh, what it was. Ladder. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to oversell this as I was super over the roof because it's just not my thing. These type of matches, but it was good. It was solid. Anything else? I like it. Now they've done they've run seven matches, um, and maybe it will be a bit of a surprise to you. But I mean, this one definitely was not my favorite out of the seven. But it, but it was a fine match. I mean, it had. It definitely had um, a few crazy spots, and I mean, hell, Kenny Omega was, was in a war with Will Ospreay just last week, and I don't know how he it convinced him <laughs> to, to do this type of match that that short thereafter. I mean, I'm sure you'll be feeling it. Um, so I was I was intrigued by just the decision, like I guess the decision to to have them win. Because I thought that, like you know, that, that coming back from three one, like it, at the time, I felt like, man, everyone's going to be expecting for them to, to come back and win the whole thing. So I was actually kind of hoping that, you know, there'd be some sort of interesting swerve just to sort of keep us on our toes. And you know, as unrealistic as it is, I was out here, I was out here watching the match, like, man, what if. Uh, uh, what if cult's personality hits? Yo, I was literally thinking that. I was like, what could happen here, bro? I was literally thinking that. Because I was thinking, okay, I mean, CM Punk obviously has beef, and it would make sense from a story's perspective if you screwed him over. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, even, even Adam Cole, I mean, it would have made sense. Um, I mean, there's a few things I could have done, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe they'll save that for down the line or they're in a feud with someone else, but uh, no, no. But they just won. Um, so I don't know if if the if the plan was for the elite to win the whole time, I I would have just structured the, the series in a way where it it's not like uh, one one team down three nothing or one team down three one. I would have had it. One zero two zero two one two two three two three three. You know, exactly. You really exactly. don't know who's, who's going to win. Exactly. I felt like they, they telegraphed it a little far out, but the match is good. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. So as we close up, I mean, this week on on Dynamite in uh, the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, 
very great direction for AEW. Very focused, not all over the place. They recap storylines. They brought people back from previous weeks. They utilized correct people. They're not all over the place. It was, ver- again, very focused, very well developed. The visuals were great. This is 2023. Starting off, in my opinion, for Dynamite has been fantastic. And we look forward, and personally, I look forward to seeing what happens is if they can continue the streak of really good production, really good just things. And, you know, not every show is going to be perfect like we talked about, but in general, a wonderful, watchable show. And I enjoyed it. Your final words, Mr. Eloquent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even their quote-unquote bad shows, man, I can't think of any off the top of my head that I was flat out like, yo, like the show was trash. I mean, there's usually always at least a few very good things on it, even if they don't like hit a hundred percent. But yeah, but they've, um, for the last months, months and a half, yeah, the shows have all been like just really fun. And I'm, you know, I usually get on here with you at this time or at some point, you know, throughout the week when we talk, like, yeah, this show's hype and so and so did this and yo, this match is crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, in my opinion, and I, I know that I'm biased, I mean, generally they're batting like, you know, most shows are at least a, a solid eight out of 10 for me. Yeah. Um, this one, I'd probably put it at maybe 8.5. Yeah. Um, yeah, about 8.5. That sounds right. right? Yeah. Um, Tony's Tony's getting but, uh, he's taking a, it looks like he's really is you know he's taking the feedback he's, he's you know early in his career he wasn't necessarily easy he was very defensive and it makes sense he's so passionate about his product and how he's presented and we know the, pro, the, the international wrestling community can be toxic and so but it looks like Tony is taking that feedback and he's really making those adjustments so the team around him is helping make those adjustments and it only can be better for the product so uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly imp- uh, appreciative and um, I look forward to seeing what happens eloquent my good friend, where can they support you, sir, the multi-talented man that you are? Well, on Twitter, on the Instagram, on Spotify, wherever, on Google, E-L-A-Q-U-E-N-T, that's the handle. Oh, man. So, see, guys, we always have great people on when it comes to talking about the squared circle. We have so many more things coming, especially over to YouTube. Pay attention, folks. We're going to have special watch-alongs for the Invasion Part 2 with me and QJ2K. We are on Instagram at wwbpodcast underscore. You can send an email. If you want to hear certain things, go to wwbpodcastfan at gmail.com. And also, in the comments on YouTube, tell us what you thought about AEW Dynamite. We would love to hear your perspective as well. And we're going to continue to have world-class co-host like eloquent is you he's blue check mark certified this dude is legit he has the cloud people oh, also, yeah and also if uh, if y'all are watching um on youtube um yeah like like you said definitely drop some comments make sure that you also subscribe if you haven't already make sure that you like you know, hit, smash that like button like all the youtubers say <laughs> but um yeah but that, that stuff really um you know it 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 helps with like the algorithms to make sure that you know it appears in, in recommended feeds and so forth. So, yeah, make sure you do a solid and uh, yeah, just comment, like, subscribe. Love it, love it, love it, Pico. We will be out. We look forward to the next AEW Dynamite. Join us at the same bat place at the same bat time, and we are out. <laughs>